So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Come and See Inspirations, uh, a podcast uh, that we produce each week here from our Come and See studio here in Ardy County, Lermican Ireland. Uh, and this, the 9th of January, is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. My name is John Keeley, and thanks for joining me, and also for joining my colleague Shane Ambrose, who helps me to produce and present this podcast each week. Good morning to you, Shane, and Happy New Year to you. Good morning, John, and happy Christmas, because today is the last day of the Christmas season. Say that because when I, said, <laughs> I knew you'd say that to me. Yeah, that's just a reminder to us all. This is actually the last day of Christmas, so we can officially take down the Christmas tree and all that sort of yes, stuff. Yes, so officially you should be taking down the Christmas tree today. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, today, so the, just in case we're totally confusing people, today, as John said, is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and it marks the end of the Christmas liturgical season, and tomorrow Monday begins what is called Ordinary Time. Okay, and of course, within the we're reading from the Gospels of Luke. Is it this year, Shane? Just to confuse. Yeah, so it's Luke. So we're traveling with Luke this year um, during on the Sundays. On Sundays, we're traveling with Luke. During the week, we're traveling with Mark. Just to confuse things again. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> Thanks again, exactly. Shane. But yeah. we also want to welcome, especially those listeners who join us each week, who are housebound, lonely, uh, struggling. Maybe in some way, just not connected with the outside world these days as much as what they'd like to be. Uh, thank you indeed for joining us, and we hope we'll bring you again uh, some more inspirational music, but some more information uh, which we'll share with our listeners in part two of our pro- of our podcast here. Our podcast, of course, each week um, does include faith topics, inspirational music, and reflecting on the Sunday Gospel, a very important part of any podcast that we produce. And uh, we, we, we go through that in part three of each week. Our podcast can be heard, of course, as you know, people will be at this stage, come and see inspirations at buzzpread.com. Also, Sacred Space, 102.blogspot.com, which is our old blog, uh, which we started back in, I think it was 2010, I think, Shane, you started that up for us, mm-hmm. Sacred Space. Uh, also, um, Spotify, iTunes, and, of course, our Facebook page, Come and See Inspirations. You can contact us, and please do so, by texting us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or email, Come and See Inspirations. That's gmail.com. Now we welcome Shane back again to share some more saints for the week. Thanks, Shane. Yes, so I have a couple of bits of liturgical odds and ends to do and a fair bit to do with saints, so we'll get stuck into it. So as we said at the top of the program, today is the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord and it marks the closure of the Christmas season. Liturgical Christmas season, of course, that is. So you know, now would be the time to take down the, uh, the Christmas crib and put away the tree. And this is generally what will happen um, in churches. This is from, from Sunday today. The crib can be taken down. Now, before we get into the saints of the week, I just want to run through what is called the announcement of Easter. So the Christmas of, the season of Christmas ends with the celebration of the baptism of the Lord. And as the season draws to an end, the solemnity of the epiphany offers an opportunity to proclaim the centrality of Christ's paschal mystery which is dying, he destroyed our death, and rising, he restored our life. And the Easter Tridium uh, is the culmination of the entire liturgical liturgical year. So there is a tradition that there will be the proclamation of the date of Easter uh, uh, during the last couple of days of of the Christmas season, and traditionally at Epiphany. But for those that haven't uh, heard it yet, 
So I'm going to call out a couple of dates. Now, this is based on the Irish liturgical calendars, just for our listeners, because there are some of these dates which do move around depending which country you're in. So bear with me. Okay, so I'm not going to read the whole proclamation, so I'll just get down to the meat of it, which is, okay, so on the Ash Wednesday is the 2nd of March, okay, the Easter Sunday is the 17th of April, so it's, it's actually, it's kind of late enough this year, if you think about it, so Easter, the latest Easter can go up to is around the 25th of April, so it's the 17th of April, so this year, Easter Sunday is the 17th of April, then Ascension in Ireland, because we keep it on a Sunday, it's no longer on the Thursday, so Ascension in Ireland is the 29th of May. Pentecost Sunday is the 5th of June. Corpus Christi, which is now also on a Sunday, is the 19th of June. Next year is the 27th of November. But your takeaway from that, folks, is um, Ash Wednesday is the 2nd of March, and Easter is the 17th of April. So, just, just something to put, just just in to case. put into the calendar, just to put into the calendar, like, just to put into the calendar, right? So, then, in terms of uh, liturgical odds and ends, so, um, what way to do this? So, I'll tell you what, John, let's do something we do on the program every January, okay? So, we've done it for the last couple of years, it's what we say, well, so now it's a come and see inspirations tradition but it, we drew on monastic tradition so what it is is many religious communities at the start of a new year they will look to give members of their communities a patron saint for the year so this is a saint that you're given to seek their intercession to find out about their life and to look to them as an example for the following 12 months so we've done this on the program so what we've done is we generally give myself and john and Anne, we'll all take an individual patron saint for the year and we also look for patron saint for the podcast so last year's patron saint for the podcast was uh saint francis de sales for example so so this year john so drum roll please so drum roll please so uh drum roll so patron saint for the podcast this year is actually saint john the grandmother of Jesus, the mother ah, of Mary, okay. yeah, which is very appropriate as we have our own little Saint Anne in the we, background. We do have our own that keeps, yes, that keeps, that keeps John on the straight and narrow. So that's one that we're easy yeah. enough to remember, indeed. Yes. And obviously, the Feast of Saint Anne is July 26th, is the Feast of Saint Joanne and Saint, jo- Saint Anne and Joachim. Um, Saint Anne is patron against poverty, against sterility, uh, patron of carpenters. Uh, grandmothers, grandparents, lace makers, minors, uh, pregnant women, and women in labor. So that's, that's a very busy time. That's who we have as the podcast uh, patron saint for 2022. On my own side, I don't know what to do with this one. I'm still digesting it. <laughs> um, <laughs> my patron saint for 2022 is going to be a lad called Raymond de Fitero. He's a Spanish saint. He was, um, he entered the Cistercians after they were founded in Gascony and eventually helped set up the Cistercians in Spain. Uh, but he is more widely known for founding the, um, the Order of Calatrava, which is one of the military orders of the Middle Ages, so fighting monks. And basically, they took place. They took part in the reconquista of Spain against the Moors, against the uh, the, the the Muslim rulers of Spain. Um, I'm not quite sure what that signifies for the year ahead. <laughs> 
Um, he was he was canonized in 1719. His feast day is the 15th of March, and um, yeah, I, I yeah, I just I don't I don't know what that means for the year ahead. But that's who I have anyway as my patron saint for 2022. Well, Shane, I'm sure you'll make some use of that saint's. Or maybe yeah. maybe that same will make some use of you, whichever way it goes. Okay, for myself, um, I got a guy. Um, I got a guy. I couldn't. I, I don't know what to make it, to make of him, but anyway, I'll find out. Uh, Saint Sigismund of Burgundy. All I know about the guy, I think he was a king. Uh, he was a monk. I, I, I picked that up somewhere. His feast day is the first of May. He's a patronage of Against Fever and the Czech Republic. Now, that's as much as I know about this guy, no doubt. Shane might be able to find out a bit more about him. Um, yeah, that's but much as so St. Sigismund of Burgundy. If somebody wants to um, have a go with this themselves, Shane, um, how did they do it? Yes, so uh, if you want to pop up, get a, there's, there's a number of online saints generators that are available. Um, so there's Altea website has one as well. But the one that we use, the one that we've used for the last number of years is saintsnamegenerator.com. So if you put in saints name generator into your search engine, it'll come up. And it is the generator is what's called is a gift from Jen Fullweiler. Jen is a podcaster, a mum, a broadcaster, and even evangelist, online evangelist, and she's a comedian in the US. Very good. Uh, <laughs> in the US. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so she came up with this uh, must be about 10 years ago at this stage. And we've used it every year since. So it, it generates, it's called the Saints name generator it, it, but there's a couple of them you, if you google it it'll come up for you but i particularly like this one because um it, it the names can be fairly random i don't know where she pulls them from i don't know how the algorithm works but it's fairly cool <laughs> we just trust in the holy spirit to see what happens but anyway we'll find exactly. a bit more um just just as we're on the subject of Anne, um Anne uh got saint hillary of potiers Ooh, whose feast day so, is this coming week the 13th of january Exactly. Okay, we'll talk to we get to them in a, we get to them in a minute. Patronage against snake bites, mothers, children learning to walk, and sick people. So, and we'll be able to find a, little, a bit of communication with St. Hilda Apache, and you're going to tell us a bit more about, she'll certainly be listening to the podcast this week anyway, you're certainly the <laughs> first part of the podcast. Right. So let's do let's do the normal run through the saints that we do each week. Okay, so, thanks for that, Sean. Um Yeah, so... So for those of us praying the Psalter, it's very straightforward. It's the first week of ordinary time, so we're praying the Psalter week one. Uh, so it'll be very easy to count us for this week. So on uh, Monday, the 10th of um, January, we have St. William of uh, Burgess, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, he's a member of the family of the Council of Nevers, and his father had planned to send him off into the military, but he was educated by St. Peter the Helmers, the hermit even, and he was very much drawn to the religious life from, uh, and he became a priest and a canon and a monk in the order of Grand Mont. And eventually then he joined the Cistercians, he took the ha and took the Cistercian habit, in, and he was appointed the abbot of Fontaine-Jeanne in Sens in France uh, in 1187. He was a reluctant appointee of the Archbishop of Bourges in France in 1200, 
um, accepting the position only after receiving orders from the general of his order and from Pope Innocent III. He lived an extremely austere life, defended clerical rights against the state, cared personally for the poor, the sick, the imprisoned, and the debauched, is how it's described, <laughs> and converted many uh, heretics in his diocese to Orthodox Christianity. And he died in 1209. Then, uh, I just want to see, is there any uh, given, no, uh, no, he doesn't have any, any particular patronages. So then the 11th of January, we have the feast days of St. Etna and St. Philomena, uh, two Irish saints, they were sisters, and uh, they heard, they, they were associated very much with the Diocese of Armagh. Um, so they were the daughters of King Lyra, of, uh, King Lyra, sisters, as I said, met St. Patrick near the fountain of Cleback, received instruction in Christianity, were baptized and received their first Holy Communion from him as well. And an ancient church was built over both of their graves. Both of their relics are currently in the Cathedral of Armagh at the moment, and they died in 433 AD. Wednesday the 12th is the feast day of St. Aelred of Riveau, I think is how you pronounce the man's name. He's a famous saint, very much having written on friendship, actually. He's famous writings, which still, um, still uh, to this day. Now, technically, he's never formally been canonized, his cult was approved, his cultus was approved by the Cistercian General Chapter in 1476. Um, he was uh, the son of a priest, because at that time priests, English priests were allowed to marry, and his family were the keepers of the shrine of Hexham. He was master of the household of the court of King David of Scotland, and very much known for his gentle spirituality and his great personal austerity. Um, he left Scotland to become a Cistercian monk, and he ended up being the, the abbot of Riveau in 1147, which made him the superior of all the Cistercians in England. Um, he was a peacemaker among the Picts in Galway, whatever, that's one thing that's attributed to him. So there's the Irish connection. We always try to find an Irish connection. And he composed quite a lot of sermons, prayers, and wrote works on the spiritual and ascetic life. And it's his writings on the spiritual life, actually, which come down to us to the present day, because he has written on friendship and spiritual friendship, um, which is which is an interesting one, and is still read to the present time. So that's Saint Al, uh, Saint Aelred of Rivol, I think that's how it's pronounced, R I E V A U L X, um, whose feast day we celebrate on the thirteenth of on the twelfth of January. On the thirteenth of January. We celebrate the feast of St. Hilary of Poitiers. Elected in 367, he was elected the Bishop of Poitiers and distinguished himself by his stand against Arianism. He was exiled by order of Constantius, and during that time he used to write, he used to do a lot of his own writings. And his main body of work includes De Trinitate, a study on the Holy Trinity. He is regarded actually as a doctor of the church, as his writings have come down to us to the present time. And as I said, he died in 367 AD. Then on Friday the 14th, we have the feast day of St. Felix of Nola. So Felix of Nola was, uh, one second now, John, I've just lost my reference to this interesting man here. Talk away amongst yourselves there for a moment. So Felix of Nola was, um, sorry, got it now. He was a saint, he's son of a Syrian soldier who had retired to Nola in Italy. After his father's death, he sold off much of his property and possessions and gave the proceeds to the poor and, pers and pursued a clerical 
vocation, and he was ordained by St. Maximus of Nola. Um, when Maximus fell out to the mountains to escape the persecutions of Decius, Felix was arrested and beaten for his faith instead. And legend says he was freed by an angel so he could help his sick bishop, and he hid Maximus in a house. And the two managed to hide from authorities until the persecution ended in 251. After Maximus's death, Felix was chosen as the Bishop of Nola, but declined, favouring Quintus, a senior priest who had seven days more experience than himself. And he ended up work, Felix worked on his farm uh, to give the proceeds to the poor, and uh, he died of natural causes. He's interestingly, he died in 255 of natural causes, but he's listed as a martyr, although he died of natural causes because of the torture, imprisonment, and deprivations he experienced during the persecutions, which is an interesting one. Then finally, on Saturday, the 15th of January, it's a big red letter day for the Diocese of Limerick, because it is the feast day of St. Ita of Kilidi, who is one of the co-patrons of Limerick Diocese. We've done a couple of programs on St. Ita. So if people go back through the blog and go back through the podcast, they'll find it, particularly for podcasts we would have done with our good friend, Michael, Ke- uh, Michael Keating mm-hmm. in Kiliti. Mm-hmm. So Ita was, was originally from County Waterford of noble and Christian parents. And she founded a monastery in Kiliti, which attracts a great variety of young people. And she's known as the foster mother of the saints of Ireland. And she died in 570 AD. So happy feast day to all in Kiliti, where the, her monastery sat, uh, and to enjoy the feast day as well. So that's what we have in terms of liturgical odds and ends. Now, John, one of the things we do cover as well is the Pope's prayer intention for the month. So uh, the Pope's prayer intention for the month of January 2022, we pray for all those suffering from religious discrimination and persecution. May their own rights and dignities be recognized, which originate from being brothers and sisters in the human family. And it was interesting, actually, the Pope spoke about um, this particular uh, prayer intention for the month of January. Um, the, world, the Pope's Worldwide Prayer Network does a monthly video uh, where the Pope reflects on his prayer intention for the month. And it's interesting, he describes that, you know, he said, religious freedom is not just about allowing freedom of worship, but also makes us appreciate others in their differences and recognize them as true brothers and sisters. Um, And he said, the world needs to choose the path of fraternity because either we are brothers and sisters or we all lose. As human beings, we have so many things in common that we can live alongside each other, welcoming our differences with the joy of being brothers and sisters. And he said actually that um, to, 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 to discriminate or persecute people because they publicly profess their faith, not only is it unacceptable, it's inhuman, it's insane, is how he described it, actually, which is very strong language coming from the pontiff. And of course, I think in particular at this time, we need to remember the Christians who were being persecuted and killed in Myanmar. There is severe persecution of the Christian community in India at the moment, particularly in strongly Hindu states within, within, within India. Obviously, we must remember the Christian churches in China, and in particular, at the moment, the um, pressure that's been brought to bear, particularly on Christians in Hong Kong, as part of the Chinese crackdown on democracy in general in that part of the world. Obviously, we also remember Christians suffering for the faith in um, Saudi Arabia, uh, where and, and, and parts of the Arabian Peninsula, 
and um, and we join with the Pope's intention for this month that uh, we pray for all those suffering from religious discrimination and persecution. May their own rights and dignities be recognized, which originate from being brothers and sisters in the human family. Thanks for that, Shane. You know, I've just listened to that uh, uh, as you were listening to those countries, and we're so fortunate to be able to practice our faith here at the moment in our own country. And um, mm. it just reminds me as well that this being the Baptist, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, I suppose it's very important to thank the Lord for our own baptism. And in that, that being the case, um, our prayer space this morning will actually include a baptismal prayer. And this is the prayer that I, I chose this morning. Heavenly Father, in your love, you called us to know you. Lead us to trust you and bound our life with yours. Surround us with your love. Protect us from evil. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and receive us into the family of your church that we may walk in the way of Christ and grow in the knowledge of your love. Amen. So with that, we might go for our first bit of music this morning. Shane picked a lovely one this morning, one of my favourites too. It's uh, 10,000 Reasons, and this one is sung by Matt Redman. Come back and join us again in the second part of our podcast this morning. Bless the And on 
Part two of this week's podcast on Come and See Inspirations. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us and manning the uh, manning the controls, keeping the uh, keeping the ship afloat. Of course, is our good friend um, John John Keeley. Uh, just uh, just to keep things in ship shape and to keep me um, from making too many mistakes. So John is very important. He's the man that kind of does the editing. So you know, very yeah. important. Just because you say those sort of things to me nicely doesn't mean to say you can get away with everything, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're doing on this week's program is we're taking a trip to France and to the community of Teze in France. So one of the things we like to do um, from time to time on the podcast is to just give a small word mention to the annual. Uh, letter from Teze. Before I get into the letter, the 2022 letter, uh, 2022 letter, John, you have a little uh, video piece yeah. that we're going to play. I picked this up actually from um, from actually the meeting of uh, that's taking place at Teze. I know you're going to speak about that in a second, but it, I, I think it's a nice little intro to Teze. It's entitled Music of Unity and Peace. And it's uh, Brother Luis, I think is the way you pronounce uh, the man's name. And he's mm-hmm. telling us a little bit about Teze. So that's just, listen, for, it's only about two minutes. And then Shane yeah. will come back and continue on. It's astonishing that the majority of people who come here are young adults. In the beginning, Brother Roger, who founded the community in 1940, was living alone here. When it was wartime, uh, he welcomed refugees, also Jewish people who came from 
the part of France that was occupied already. And then after the war, first brothers joined him, but they were living alone. And then slowly young adults came. And it's wonderful because faith is something that can inspire young people very much. Young people are looking for a sense in their life, for a meaning in their life. And they like very much these international meetings here. They can question each other, they can learn from each other, from different continents, different countries. And the young people coming here, they participate one week in our life here. In the morning they have a meeting with a brother where they study the Bible and speak about their life and ask themselves the question, what does it mean to believe in God? And young people are open for that. And they are also helping for all the practical tasks. It's sharing life together. So that's, uh, that, little, that little video, that little excerpt is actually taken from what's called a webisode of the album Teze, of the, uh, Teze Music of Unity and Peace. And it's one of the things that's associated, of course, very much with Teze is the Teze Chants. And the, if you want to look it up, it's, it's, it's a way of looking at the, the music famous from the French ecumenical community. Teze, of course, is a community of more than 100 Catholic and Protestant brothers. It's founded by Father uh, Roger, sorry, and they're from over 30 different countries. And hundreds of thousands of young people from all over the world travel to Teze each year to make music with the brothers, to pray, to study, and to enjoy the community life. Um, now, obviously, because of COVID and the pandemic, things have been a bit more restricted for the community um, in the last while. However, one of the traditions of the community each year, and which started with Brother Roger, was to issue what was called the Teze letter. Um, now, since the death of Brother Roger, uh, the, the superior of the community has been uh, Father Alois, I think is how you pronounce the man's name, John. And he has brought out, he has continued tradition, but very much changed it. Uh, so previously, uh, the letter was taken. It was written by by brother by brother Roger, uh, Roger and Roger, and then that would have been used as the source for reflections, meditations during the year with the young people that went to Teze. Now, the letter is still used that way, but it's presented slightly different. This year's letter uh, was published ahead of the European meeting. So the European meeting is a meeting that happens somewhere in Europe uh, every December. And it's part of what's called the Pilgrimage of Trust on Earth, where is um, the Teze community goes out from Teze to different parts of the world. There's generally European meetings, generally around December. This year it was supposed to be in Turin, but obviously because of the, the pandemic that had to be changed. So they changed it. So the first part went online uh, at the end of December. And then the second part is going to be uh, hopefully... Um, Sometime, I think it's in May, they're planning to do us, uh, the, an actual visit. Uh, July 2022, um, they're going to actually try to go to Turin, as was originally planned. Um, and it's the, the community brings people together for prayer, reflection, meditation, very much focused on scripture, scripture meditation, breaking open the word of God in an ecumenical way, uh, and while respecting the differences of the different denominations, but calling them to Christian unity. So this year's letter from Brother Alois is uh, Becoming Creators of Unity. 
And he's very much, I suppose, focusing on the fact that helping unity to grow and creating bonds between people is one of the greatest challenges of our time. And very much, you know, driven with contradictory developments in the present time, because on one hand, humanity is becoming more and more aware how interconnected and linked it is to the whole of creation, which, of course, the pandemic has very much brought to the fore. But on the other hand, he makes the point the world is becoming increasingly polarized socially, politically and ethically, which is causing new rifts in society between countries, even within families. And of course, Christians are not immune to these antagonisms and even within churches. Uh, also, I suppose there's a recognition that there's a huge loss of trust in Christian communities, um, which even Taze itself has had to undergo, unfortunately, as well. Uh, but we're called, the church is called to be a place of friendship for all. A radical conversion is necessary today out of faithfulness to the gospel message. Christ, by his love that went to the point of self-giving, opened a new wellspring from which we can draw the energy to live as brothers and sisters, to promote the dignity of every human being and to take care of creation. So out of this then, out of this letter, uh, Father Alois puts forward six proposals um, for 2022. Now, we're not necessarily going to go through all six of them. We'll, we'll touch in and out. So the first one is the joy of receiving. Then he talks about fostering dialogue. The reminder that, that we're all brothers and sisters. Um, solidarity with the whole of creation. So, of course, that's very much picking up on the message of Pope Francis and Laudato OC, very much picking up on the whole climate emergency that's out there as well at the moment. He reminds us, of course, because Teze is very, very much focused on a passion for Christian unity. And finally, the sixth proposal is let God unify our hearts. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through, through two or three of these. Um, we'll go through the reflections and then play a piece of music just for you to, just to kind of take it nice and gentle this morning. So John is, John is going to help me to do that. So start off, John, we're going to have our first piece of uh, Teze chant. A beautiful and a most popular, I would suggest, uh, Teze chant is uh, bless the Lord my soul.
was the Tasty Chant, Bless the Lord My Soul. And it takes us nicely into the first proposal from the Tasty 2022 letter this year, which Brother Alois calls the joy of receiving. And he reminds us all of us can contribute to a future of peace and unity in the human family. And it begins with relationships we build up with one another and how we need to take care of each other in our families, with our relatives and friends, and especially in times of trial. The unity of the human family also increases every time we open ourselves to those who come from backgrounds different from our own. He asks the question, can we go towards others more often, including those whom we would not approach spontaneously? Often we will be surprised to receive from them what we could never have imagined. If we do not let ourselves be paralyzed by our hesitations or our fears, we'll be granted the joy of receiving. We find our own identity in our relationships with others, and they can even help us to emerge from times of inner sadness and give meaning to our existence. In one of the parables that Jesus tells, a wounded person is helped by a passing stranger. By doing this, that man ran the risk of going beyond ethnic, political, and religious barriers. Did not that spontaneous act through which he became a neighbor to the wounded man give meaning to his life that day? Still today, we remember and are inspired at this figure of the Good Samaritan. The late Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu, a figure in the struggle against apartheid and for reconciliation in South Africa, said, One of the sayings in our country is Ubuntu, the essence of being human. Ubuntu speaks particularly about the fact that you can't exist as a human being in isolation. It speaks about our interconnectedness. We think of ourselves far too, far too frequently as just individuals separated from one another, whereas you are connected and what you do affects the whole world.
So that was The Lord is our, My Light, uh, Taser Chant, bringing us into the next one, which is um, the next uh, proposal we're going to excerpt even from the Taser 2022 letter, which, by the way, is available on the Taser website for those that want to get the full letter. So that's taser.fr, and then you'll go through to the English site. So the, the, is the, the next proposal is, we are all brothers and sisters. So the reflection that's given to us from the Taser community this year Helping unity to grow means refusing social inequalities. Some polarizations find their origin in the exclusions suffered or felt by so many people and even by entire nations. They put forward for us a quote from the American journalist Dorothy Day, who was on the front line for the struggle for human rights in 1963. Dorothy said, the greatest challenge of the day is how to bring about a revolution of the heart a revolution which has to start with each one of us. When we begin to take the lowest place, to wash the feet of others, to love our brothers and sisters with that burning love, that passion which led to the cross, then we can truly say, now I have begun. With Christians of all churches, with believers of different religions, with women and men of goodwill who do not believe in God, we can be in solidarity with people in precarious situations with those who are excluded, with migrants, those whose life journeys have been marked by great suffering. Living as brothers and sisters begins at our doorstep. Let us go beyond segregations and create friendship, and we will see our hearts become more open, wide, more human. Are we aware to what extent our personal way of life can have an impact even at the other end of the earth? For believers, living as brothers and sisters is inseparable from faith. Jesus said, whatever you have done for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you have done for me. By coming into the world, Christ Jesus became united to every human being. We come closer to him when we go towards those who have been wounded by life. They enable us to enter into a deeper relationship with him. And now for the next Taisy chant, we can listen to, O oh Lord, hear my prayer.
So that old chant, O oh Lord, hear my prayer, is a very good one to take us into the next proposal, which we're excerpting from the Tese 2022 uh, letter. And it is a passion for Christian unity. Because one of the great, um, if you like, one of the great charisms of Tese is ecumenical dialogue. And it's, they, remind us, they remind us in the letter this year that the search for unity is a major challenge for Christians. How can we be a ferment of brother and sisterhood if we maintain our divisions? In Christ, we find a unique source of unity. By giving his life on the cross, he went to the furthest extent of love that destroys hatred and the barriers between human beings. The gospel calls us to go beyond divisions and to bear witness that unity is possible in a great diversity. It's, is that not a particularly important contribution that Christians are invited to offer? so that the human family may live together as brothers and sisters. This kind of witness speaks louder than words. The gospel impels us to cultivate the art of creating unity. We can all be creators of unity by forging links of listening and friendship wherever we go. To go forward, we should come together more often between baptized members of different churches in a common prayer centered on the word of God. Who knows, the Holy Spirit could surprise us. We may discover that Jesus is the one who brings us together and that the love is to shine out far more clearly rest that what we can receive from others. Quote which is given to us this year is or to reflect on rather is from an orthodox theologian called Elizabeth Bell Siegel. And she makes the point, the important thing in ex is accepting to give and receive from one another, not to fall into a dogmatic relativism, but to reach the point where we understand that the essentials of the apostolic faith can be expressed along different but converging lines. And for the rest, to hope and await a new outpouring of the Spirit and to be ready to welcome us. And we can follow that with a, another beautiful Taizé chant, and this one is entitled, Stay With Me.
chant, stay with me, it takes us nicely into the final uh, proposal, which we are excerpting this year from the Teze 2022 uh, letter. And it is, let God unify our hearts. And very much echoing that, that, that chant that we just listened to. Allowing unity to grow requires a commitment of our entire being, you know, one that begins with our own heart. In the words of the psalm, our prayer rises to God. Unify my heart so that it may revere your name. To head towards an inner unity, it is not necessary at times to sort out our desires. Is it not necessary, rather, at times to sort out our desires, accepting that we cannot do or experience everything? If many possibilities lie before us, let us discern which ones lead, to the, lead the most towards peace, light, and happiness. In us, there is a deep thirst for communion and unity that comes to us from God, and we can express it in prayer. Even with very few words, remaining in silence alone with God helps us to find the meaning of life and renews our readiness to let the Holy Spirit be at work in us. To find unity of heart, one path is always possible, turning our eyes to Christ Jesus, learning to know him more, entrusting our joys and troubles to him. Even in the midst of difficulties, even with very few certainties regarding the future, we can continue our journey step by step in this way, trusting that through the Holy Spirit, the risen Christ is always with us. Madeleine de Brel, who was a French writer and social worker, wrote in 1968, Entering into silence means listening to God, removing everything that keeps us from listening to or hearing God. It means listening to God wherever he expresses his will, in prayer and outside of prayer as such. We need this silence to do God's will, silence extended by that other disposition of ourselves that we disregard so much or that we despise out of ignorance, recollection. We have to collect the tracks, the clues, the invitations, the orders of God's will, like the farmer who gathers his harvest into the barn, like the researcher who assembles the results of an experiment, calling ourselves, let God unify our hearts. So as we come to the end of that brief reflections taken from the, uh, the Teze 2022 letter from Father Alois, 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 even. John, the final piece of Teze music, just to gently take us out of this part of the program. Something that we all need, a beautiful piece of music entitled Veni Santi Spiritus. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God.
So welcome back again to the third part of our podcast here from Commerce Inspirations. My name is John Keeley. Thanks again, Shane, for bringing us that beautiful ref- reflections and music there from Teza. Something that maybe young people especially might want to tap into, maybe just take a look for. That's Teza, and I'm sure they're, they're widely available on the internet. 
But in the meantime, we come to the most important part of our program, our podcast, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, there's a prayer to help us to do that, that Sharon always prays for us before we start. So we'll ask Sharon to share that prayer with us. Thanks, Sharon. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, and that our eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the baptism of the Lord, is taken from the Gospel of Luke. And it's chapter 3, verse 15 to 16, and also verses 21 and 22. A feeling of expectancy had grown among the people who were beginning to think that John might be the Christ. So John declared before them all, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to undo the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with, with, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now when all the people had been baptized, while Jesus, after his own baptism, was at prayer, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily shape like a, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. My favour rests with you. The Gospel for today, Shane, uh, you might have a few thoughts. You might want to share with us, please, on the baptism of the Lord. Yeah, the baptism of the Lord. We've come to the end of the Christmas season. And the baptism of the Lord is, is quite an important feast in the in the Eastern, in the Orthodox Church. Um, the baptism of the Lord, Epiphany, they're all very much intermingled. They're seen as what are called theophanies. Now, theophany is a word which means a manifestation of God. That's you know, that's that's what it means, theophany, manifestation of God, and um, or a presentation or a showing of God. And in in the baptism. It's we have what's happened is we've jumped from Epiphany to the baptism of the Lord. So we've jumped over 30 years. So, you know, the way I say for Christmas, the church stopped time. Well, liturgically, we've just jumped 30 years. So, you know, we're playing with time. So, um, yeah, so we've jumped. So we've gone from the hidden life to the public life very much so here. And we have the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus. Now, what's interesting about Luke's gospel is Luke doesn't actually tell us Jesus got baptized. He tells us Jesus went down, uh, but unlike in Matthew's gospel, who takes us through the literally the whole discussion with John and all the rest of it, all it says here is um, after his own baptism, Jesus was at prayer. And then the this Holy, the, this heavens opened and the, the Holy Spirit came down. Um, two things that I suppose there's two sides to this week's gospel that we have to focus on. One is John the Baptist. Very much, again, John is the herald, pointing the way to the Lord, very much anxious to tell the people he is not the Messiah, to deal with that expectation that was there as, as Luke recounts it, to manage it. Uh, also because it was political, because the expectation was the Messiah would be a leader in a political sense for the people of Israel as well. So he very much trying to manage that expectation, very much emphasizing again and again that he is not the Messiah. 
he is less than the Messiah. He's not fit to undo his strap on the strap of his sandals. And very much focusing, John, very much focusing on baptism by water versus the baptism that's to come with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, it was interesting this week in his notes to us for Lexio Divina, Father Frank made the point, fire was very much associated in the Old Testament with God and purification. Um, you know, so if you go back very much to Horeb and to Sinai and the burning bushes uh, and, and, the, you know, and so on and so forth, the, the, in, in that, from that whole context, that was the tradition that John was speaking out of. In terms of the baptism of Jesus, it's an important one as well for a number of a number of things. Um, I suppose first of all, it, it marks the transition into his public ministry. The next event that's going to happen, if you were to follow it chronologically in the gospel, is actually Jesus goes to the desert. Now we won't hear about that for about five or six weeks because we'll we'll until the beginning of Lent. But um, it's very much that whole response to the prompting of the Spirit to the to the interaction with his father in heaven and the fact that Jesus gives us an example that before starting out on anything major in life, we should seek and discern what it is that the spirit wants us to do. And to do that, we need to create space to hear the voice of God speaking to us in our hearts. And for me, I think that was one of the things that jumped out from this week's gospel, that whole thing about a being knowing who we are, which is the example which John has given us. And you can only know who you are to thine own self be true, but you have to be able to be open to learning, to be able to open to listening to what God is calling you to do, which is echoed then again in Jesus's interaction with the Theophany, with that whole manifestation of God reminding him, you are my beloved son, and what that would mean. And what that means for each of us, because all of us are beloved sons and daughters of God. That's what our that's what our faith professes. That's what our baptism entitles us to call ourselves by. We are sons and daughters of with Christ, so we are co-heirs with Christ, as as Saint Paul puts it in one of his letters. Um, I think it's to the Ephesians, and you know, so there's that whole dynamic that's going on. Then, of course, there's the importance of baptism itself. Now, we've discussed this previously on the program. We did a whole series on the sacraments a number of years ago with Lorraine and focusing on baptism as the keystone sacrament for those who call themselves Christian. Because without baptism, none of the other sacraments will flow. Um, John Paul, I think, it was not, I think it was John Paul II that once said the most important day in his life was the day he didn't know which was the day of his baptism. And it's something that we have brought up in the program a number of times as well, is to challenge our listeners and say to them, do you know what date you were baptized? You know, what date do you were baptized? John? Actually, the 22nd of January. Oh, very good. You prompted me, actually, yourself and Lorraine, shame me into finding that out a few years ago. But yeah, I think it's important too. But thanks for that, yeah. Yeah, mine, I, mine, I think it's 26th of April, okay. but uh, I, 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 I did look it up a couple of years ago. I just need to double check it again. But the whole point, I suppose, is to mark, to, for us to be aware of what that day means and the challenge it puts up to us and the responsibility that it puts on our shoulders. It's not something that we can ignore. We are baptized into the body of Christ. And with it, it's like, it's like many things, you know, we hear a lot in the world today about rights, people's rights, mm. people's rights to this and rights to that, and you're infringing on my rights. And yes, as children of God, we have certain rights. We have rights to access to the sacraments. We have, you know, and, and things like that. But we also have responsibilities. 
And sometimes that part of the equation doesn't get enough attention. So what is the responsibility of us as children of God? Responsibility is that we are called to share the good news. And that is something that we need to think about and have an examination of conscience and ask ourselves, do we share the good news of Christ, the message that Jesus came to save us from ourselves, from our sins, and to bring us to eternal life with him, that Christ is the redeemer of the world through his death and resurrection. And as we come to the end of the incarnation, very much, I suppose, it is to remind ourselves that despite what people think, there is a value to creation. There is a value to human life, all human life from from conception to natural death, which has been sanctified by the fact that Jesus walked on earth as a human being. That is one of the key things that one of the key consequences that flows from the incarnation, that human life and, and creation as we know it has an intrinsic value and worth in and of itself, not from what we can extract from it. And it is something that we are called as baptized members of that body of Christ to recognize that, to support that. And as we reflect and pray on this baptism of the feast of the baptism of the Lord, we ask ourselves the question, how do we live up to that baptismal calling? Shane, thank you very much, Nate, for that. Um, yeah, I'd like to echo an awful lot about what you said there, especially in terms of our own responsibilities and so on and so forth. And I was touched, actually, when I when also I reflected and read a little bit um, from Father Frank Dewey's uh, notes to us, and actually there have been a notes uh, this week. And part of it, and I quote, is that he says that this week's gospel gives us an ideal opportunity to look at our own mission, which, rely, which arises from baptism. It's quite clear to Father Frank that the Holy Spirit is most active in this area of the church life at the moment. There's much church, uh, talk in church circles about the need to make people more aware that each person has a vocation, a calling to spread the message of Christ. And he said, in this regard, the gospel today might prompt us to look at our involvement, if any, in our local church in the ministry of that particular church, in the activity and in the light of that particular message of the gospel. Or maybe it might prompt us to take such to take up such a role. So this idea that Shane mentioned to us there before about about responsibility. And I finish what I usually do with, uh, with the, uh, a little bit of a word from my good friend uh, Michael de Vertai. And Michael suggests this week, he says, Lord, we thank you for deep prayer experiences when we were truly one with Jesus. They always come to us as a free gift, unexpectedly, after a long time of struggle when we felt we were drowning, abandoned by all, including you. After we had been baptised in these waters of loneliness, suddenly the heavens opened, and we feel at once at one with the, with the universe. The sun, the moon and the stars all seem close. Your Holy Spirit descend, descends upon us, his powerful but gentle presence so vivid that it is almost in a bodily shape like a dove. We hear a voice resounding so deeply within us that we know it must come from heaven, telling us that we are not aliens in the world, but princes and princesses, and princesses, members of your royal family, that we are beloved, that we must never allow ourselves to feel abandoned since your favour rests on us. So that about brings us to the end of our programme today. Um, Thanks, Shane, for sharing that information with us. No and, problem, John. Um, Taser and so on and so forth in part two of the programme. 
and also uh, inviting us all maybe to take a look at that Saint Generator uh, website. Yeah, and pick up your patron for the year. Yeah, so then we, we we might finish our podcast today with a final piece of music. Again, it's um, it's a, it's a prayer. Uh, it's uh, it's a song related to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's by John Michael Talbot, and this one is entitled "The Spirit of the Lord." So, with next week uh, from myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the week, and we'll speak to you again next week. In the meantime, bye now. Bye. Oh, yeah.